Rainbows high and deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin! And this game is underway with a bang! This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. I think we're all in need of a feel-good story today. It's been a long week. It's getting cold. By the way, it's freezing outside. It's been a long week. Busy time for us Packers fans. We've been keeping up on all this news. People getting fired. Aaron Rodgers looking bad. I think we just we just need some good news. And luckily, we have a little bit today. So we're going to get started with on the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Mike McCarthy getting the okay to come back and address the players for one last time. And I, look, I don't care if you were... If you hated Mike McCarthy as a coach, even if you hated him as a man for some reason, I can't imagine any of us have had extended run-ins with Mike McCarthy. But even if you hated him in any fashion, I think there's something to be said for those of you who didn't see the news. Joe Philbin, Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, all allowing Mike McCarthy to come back after being let go by the Packers on Sunday night of the last two days and address his, his coaching staff and his former players. I think it's a pretty cool story. So, so that's what I wanted to start with today. You want to share your thoughts on any of the McCarthy drama as it continues to unfold, and, and I think this might be closure. And it was called exactly that by a lot of the players and coaches. Some closure on the Mike McCarthy era, and and now we can really start to turn and look forward. 608-796-2558. That five-star telecom talk and text line is going to be wide open all show long for your thoughts, except coming up at 515, we're going to talk to Ebo. Host of uh, J- the Joe and Ebo show at our sister station, The Zone in Madison. And uh, I-, I asked Ebo to come on today because I think he can provide a very interesting perspective, a very interesting angle, uh, because he is a very important member in a very exclusive club that's, uh, they've kind of come on some rough times in the last couple of days. And I'll let him tell you more coming up here in about 10 minutes when he joins us on the Five Star Telecom Talking Text Line. You can also get in touch with me or the program on Twitter. Follow me at Keystroker Grant. You can also follow the station at WKTY and share your thoughts there. Lots of ways to get in touch. We make it easy. Luckily, Joe Philbin and uh, and the rest of the Packers front office making it easy for Mike McCarthy. And, and this is a little this is a little odd. This is a little different from from what I've heard. NFL teams really don't do this. They don't allow a fired coach to come back in uh, to the doors of of the training facility, or in this case, twelve sixty five Lombardi, and, and address his players one last time. And and I think the theme of the week, and and we talked about this with Bart on Tuesday from the fan when he joined us, and I I think I echoed this on Monday in the way that Mike McCarthy was fired and the way that it was handled and how it was out of the ordinary. It's been a while since the Packers have have obviously let a coach go midseason. It almost never happens where a Super Bowl winning coach isn't allowed to finish a season with the team that he brought that Lombardi trophy. A lot of things being done differently this week. And I'm here to say my big takeaway from the week, my theme is it's okay to do things differently than they have always been done, right? Just because one thing has always been done a certain way doesn't mean it needs to continue. And I think the Packers have been a good example this week of maybe doing things a little bit differently, a little bit unconventionally, but but still working towards a really good outcome. And I think yesterday when Mike McCarthy was allowed to come back in and address his players one last time, and you read reports of what players had to say and what the, the assistant coaches had to say and Joe Philbin, now the interim head coach, it's a pretty cool story. This is what Joe Philbin had to say. I'll read it verbatim. He wanted an opportunity to speak with the team. I was 100% fully supportive of, and he did a fantastic job talking to the team. Not just about winning and winning football games, but his passion. His passion for the game, his love for the football players, or his love for the players, excuse me, was clearly evident. I'm sure it was emotional for him and everybody in the room. It was awesome. I thought he did a great job. What I've been hearing about this Mike McCarthy firing, and I think we all expected it coming at 
the end of the year after week 17 on, on probably on Black Monday, that Monday that follows the final game of the regular season. We were all expecting that, and it wasn't necessarily because Mike McCarthy can't coach. I don't think anybody's thinking that. I think it was more need a new voice, need a different perspective. This ship has run its course, and it's just time to part ways. It's time for, I think, both Mike McCarthy and the Packers to go in a different direction. Now, that situation might be a little bit different, and of course, Mike McCarthy was fired a little bit prematurely, but I think all those all those principles still apply. That's a little bit different than maybe a Hugh Jackson situation in Cleveland, or take you back to last year, Ben McAdoo in New York. It just wasn't working. The players and the head coach weren't driving. Maybe there was some bad blood. There was even some hate or some you know contempt. It's a little bit different, but I think in this case, which is why I'm I'm all about doing things a little bit differently than they've always been done. In this case, I think it was just time to move on. I don't think it was personal. I don't think it was about Mike McCarthy not coaching to the best of his ability or having destructive tendencies in his game plans or his coaching habits. I think it was a good idea to get some closure and to allow Mike McCarthy that chance because I think he had earned it. A lot of people saying he had earned the right to coach all the way through the end of the regular season. Well, you know, deserving or earning really doesn't have much to do with it. At the end of the day, it's a football decision. But I think this, you know, dealing with people now, especially that I think that that playoff chance has been shrank down to, you know, slim to none for the Green Bay Packers. Let's focus on the people a little bit. Let's work about keeping this locker room together and keeping them, you know, bonded and, and close for the rest of the season. I thought this was a great way to do it. And I, and I know yesterday I mentioned this as well. Scrady's got beef with Packers fans when it comes to, you know, backing blindly every decision and every every operation that they make because they're the Packers and they know best. That's not what this is about. I, I think this is pretty cool. And I think it fits the situation of both players. It was just time to go their separate ways. Now, the dialogue of Aaron Rodgers v. Mike McCarthy... That hasn't gone anywhere. And yesterday, Aaron Rodgers did talk with reporters at his locker about this. I played a soundbite uh, a couple of days ago. I believe it was on Monday of Terry Bradshaw saying, well, Aaron Rodgers, you know, happy birthday. You're 35 and you got your coach is fired. Makes you happy, I guess. And I think that maybe struck a chord and, and stuck in some people's minds. And they did ask Aaron Rodgers about exactly that quote from Terry Bradshaw. And he addressed it in about 40 seconds worth of speech. And I, I think it's some good perspective. I think it's some good perspective. Now, that doesn't mean the relationship hadn't soured or weakened over the course of the last couple of years, but I, I still think this is some good perspective nonetheless from number 12. You know, I don't have a reaction to that. I, I don't need to respond to every pundit uh, out there. Um, you know, I don't know how many times i got to stand here and, and, and tell you. I don't feel like I need to convince anybody about Mike and I's relationship. Um, it's a close-knit relationship. And we would finish every time that we talked, whether it's Monday afternoon up in his office or... You know, the Thursdays we used to spend in the team room or Friday upstairs or Saturday in the QB room, and we'd hug each other and tell each other we love each other. I mean, we had a close-knit bond. So, you know, again, I don't need to respond to every person out there who's got an opinion. Uh, That just opens up a whole door of of, uh, stuff that I don't want to be a part of. Opens up a whole nother can of worms, I think. And and Aaron Rodgers, I think, trying to, you know, close that door, get some closure on this whole McCarthy-Rodgers narrative and just move on. Uh, regardless of one party being more at fault, possibly, or some some sour grapes between the two. Let's just move on. They have divorced, for better or for worse, I think for the better, and let's stop talking about it, and I think Aaron Rodgers is trying to put that to bed. Uh, A really cool note coming out today. Uh, Randall Cobb asked about the meeting yesterday, or the, the... the talk that Mike McCarthy was able to come in and give his players, said that the players gave him a standing ovation, and I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. And, and like I said, this is probably nothing more than a feel-good story. Maybe the Packers will, will remember McCarthy a little bit better. I don't know if it'll translate to wins. I don't know if it'll translate to anything, but it is just that, uh, a feel-good story, and I think a pretty cool 
move by Joe Philbin and this Packers organization in a season where there hasn't been a whole lot to smile about. I think this is pretty cool. And it's something, a feel-good moment to take away, especially hearing that uh, that there was a standing ovation and at least the players let Mike McCarthy go out on a good note and he can now probably remember his time in Green Bay a little fondly. Remember, he was let go on Sunday night, so the last time he addressed his players, saw his players, he was probably under the understanding that he was going to have his job through the end of the year and be able to say more words and and maybe close things out at the end of the year. And it was nice that the Packers extended him that opportunity. Uh Joining us here in about, uh, well, just a couple of minutes is Ebo from The Zone in Madison, the Joe and Ebo Show, uh, part of a very exclusive club, like I said, and, and he'll elaborate further. But Pro Football Talk a couple of minutes ago tweeting out Packers gave Mike McCarthy a standing ovation per Randall Cobb. Ebo quoting the tweet on Twitter and saying, sheds a tear, little round of applause emoji, and, and we're going to get to hear some of that coming up in a few minutes. So let's connect with Ebo. Let's take a quick break and get Ebo on the line to talk more about this Mike McCarthy feel-good type of story. There'll be more to come here on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for listening. You're listening to WKTY. <laughs> The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having a good evening. Uh, Joining us now, and we are lucky, his second go-round here on the Wisco Sports Show, Ebo, host of the Joe and Ebo Show over at our sister station in Madison. Ebo, I want to thank you for joining me, and uh, thanks for taking a couple minutes. Welcome back to the Wisco Sports Show, man. How are you doing today? Are you ready for some football? I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, you know, sing the praises of the Joe and Ebo Show, Midwest Family Broadcasting, and... uh, the zone here in Madison. Yeah, and uh, and thank you for joining. That uh, that awful sound effect you just heard was our morning show, Scrady, not the regal round of applause that I intended to give you. So thanks for coming back. I was telling my listeners that you are president of a very exclusive, very important fan club, uh, and that is the Mike McCarthy fan club. So for those who, who aren't familiar with that fan club, can you just tell us just a little bit about it? And, and I want to learn more, too, to be honest. Well, what's funny is um, my brother had started this, actually, the Michael Cody Fan Club, so I would say I'm co-president and okay. also director of public relations. <laughs> so this, um, this started a couple of years ago. Um, just we, My brother and I, we kind of like to troll and kind of like to poke and prod people, so we started uh, the Mike McCarthy Fan Club because everyone just seemed to have this vitriol and this hate for him. And, uh, you know, I never had a problem with that. I thought he was a good coach. And then, you know, getting into this fan club, uh, the people started piling in, and we started having fun talking about how we thought Mike McCarthy was a good coach. And it would kind of annoy and uh, you know tick off other people that were so against McCarthy, but also Packer fans. And it kind of perturbed me because um, it, it honestly started as Grant. I'm gonna be honest with you, it started as a troll, yeah, as a troll group, and it turned into something even more. Now it is, uh, we have gotten the most amount of people to request to join the group since he's been fired, and the posts that are coming in. Because um, it is a private group, yeah. So if you request to be in, you get ex- you get extremely vetted. Like it's an extreme <laughs> vetting process to make sure you're not um, anti McCarthy. No, I'm just kidding. We accept everybody. Uh, the post coming in though has been uh, crazy. Like the support and the the outpouring for Mike McCarthy has been pretty wild. Well, and. Ebo, I do like to troll as well. I like being on Twitter. I like that dynamic. And if there is a way that you're going to troll people, I feel like that's a pretty harmless, a pretty fun way to do it. Wouldn't you agree? Just a Mike McCarthy fan club. That's that's pretty benign. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's a harmless thing. But, you know, honestly, uh, he's highly McCarthy was on the podium, uh, what, two years ago. And yep. was, I'm a highly successful NFL coach, and I love running with that and just going with that. Because in my opinion, it is true. I mean, he is a very good coach. 13 years. Uh, with an NFL franchise in the Green Bay Packers, that is unheard of, unless your name is what? Bill Belichick? Yeah. Or I guess 
Marvin Lewis of the Bengals. I don't even know how that guy still has a job, but Mike McCarthy, a proven winner. It's 13 years is insane. Yeah, and and that's really cool. I, I did feel weird on Sunday night. I think all of us were under the impression that McCarthy and the Packers were going to part ways here in a couple of weeks, and I just had... I didn't think 1% of me didn't believe that they were going to do it before the end of the year. And I was shocked. And to be honest, I knew it was coming. I knew it was on the way. And I still felt a little sad. I was like, oh, I'm looking at old pictures of McCarthy and Rodgers smiling, hoisting that trophy. It just, it got to me a little bit. Same, man. And I saw your tweet out there. And, I, you know, I shed one little tear when I saw it. Because, you know, back hundred times. And I totally, I totally thought McCarthy was going to be gone. But at the end of the season, you know, that Black Monday when all those coaches get yeah. fired in the offseason, because uh, the Packers, you know, they're so traditional. They're celebrating 100 years of football, and you have just this, you know, the Packers are old school, right? And you figured, and I figured, that McCarthy would make it through the whole season because, you know, he brought them a Super Bowl. He had all the wins. To me, that would be doing a guy right. And, you know, Joe Philbin was up, uh, now the interim head coach, and Joe Philbin, he was up on the podium uh, right after McCarthy got fired on, what was that, Monday, and he got emotional. I yeah. got a little emotional too, man. I, sh- I shed another scene for Mike McCarthy. It is. It's a strange feeling, isn't it, Greg? It's it's really really odd, and like I said, we all knew it was coming. Uh, but but I still felt sad. I was born in '98. I'm 20 years old, so I don't really remember much of Mike Sherman. Like Mike McCarthy is is pretty much all I can remember, and and it's just odd to think that they actually finally did it. It was a weird feeling. Ebo joining us here on the Wisco Sports Show on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line, uh, host of the Joe and Ebo Show at our sister station, The Zone in Madison. So now that they have moved on from Mike McCarthy, I don't really want to talk about potential coaching candidates. I just don't think it's very yeah. productive. Uh, but what I will say is we we have four weeks left here of the Packers season what's the purpose what's the point if you could have the Packers accomplishing a couple of things what do you want to see uh, what direction do you want to see them going because these final four games could go a lot of different ways gosh that's that, but you're 20 man I'm thir- I got a decade on you buddy so I remember the Sherman I remember so oh, yeah. I grew up watching Favre and Al Rogers and you know McCarthy's the brunt of almost half my life here but yes yeah, uh, moving forward well to move forward let's look back real quick I was at the game Sunday uh, before McCarthy got fired that was the worst sporting event I'd ever seen live, <laughs> um, hands down, ever, I think. So, honestly, anything against the Arizona Cardinal or uh, anything against the Atlanta Falcons coming up, uh, up, like, even if they're gained like five yards from Aaron Jones, who like averaged like three yards, that would be a positive for me. Or Aaron Rodgers making a completion would be a positive for me. Uh, no, but to be serious, you know, I don't know what really is left for the season. Rodgers says he wants to play and see this thing out. Um, I-, I like guys competing. I, you know, we have Amon Green, former Packers running back, um, you know, all-time leading rusher. He's a Hall of Famer for the Packers. He's on our show every Friday here in Madison, and uh, I'll, I'll steal a little line from him. He said, "I am a competitor. I don't care if we're all in 16 or 16 and 0. It doesn't matter what our record is. I'm out there to play football and win that game. So Amen. I just want to see the competitive drive. Uh, I just want to see guys out there performing. And you know, there are bonuses that come into play. So guys, you know, I'm sure you don't want to leave a couple tens of thousands of dollars, you know, on the table. So let's see guys compete." You know, wear that green and gold and that G, you know, appropriately and put your best foot forward. I just want to see you guys try. You know, I feel like this season's been so devoid of that. You know what I want to see, Ebo, and, and maybe this is dumb. You tell me if I'm if I'm being unrealistic here. The loudest cheer I heard from that game, and maybe you can attest to this seeing you at Lambo, was when Jake Kumaro caught a ball. Now, all I'm hearing is about how receivers can't be in the right spot and they're not on the same page. And I know we saw both of the rookies with a with their share of drops on Sunday. Why not give Jake Kumaro a shake? If nothing else, it gets the fans intrigued. I mean, why not? Let's see what you have. You put him on IR, you saved him on the roster. Well, why not give him some run? 
Grant, you are a smart dude. Absolutely <laughs> love it. You, you should start the Jake Kummerow fan club, my I'm man. I'm on it. Oh, uh, yeah, Jake Kummerow, UW-Whitewater product. And that was, you're right, that was the loudest cheer. When he caught that pass, it was in the fourth quarter, it interrupted. Other than that, it was like, you know, people scratching their heads wondering what was going on. Because after that, after that loss on Sunday, walking out of Lambeau, you literally could hear a pin drop. And there was, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of fans. Everyone was dead silent. So, yeah, give me some Kummerow. I want to see... You know, Devontae Adams is obviously a beast. He's your number one. But who's behind him? I'm like, Randall Cobb's been a ghost this year, injured. I want to see more from Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, maybe from Equimania St. Brown. Give me a little more to see what Eric Jones can do. But Jake Kumaro, yeah, give it to me. I love it, Grant. Why not just get him out there? It's it's some entertainment, and if EQ can't figure out how to run his routes, and I think we've seen what we're going to see from Valdez-Scantling, much like we saw from Adams, his rookie. He had a couple games where he popped, and then he was struggling to get that consistency. I think that'll come with time, but why not give Kumaro some run? I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, I got to ask you here, before I let you go, uh, as the Packers you know, kind of move forward, for lack of a better term, with an interim head coach. And and it's just a weird feeling around the Packers right now. What has the response been from your listeners? I'm going to be honest, on this show, and it has almost made me a little happy, there's been more, uh, I don't want to say hatred, but there's been more pushback on Aaron Rodgers this week than there has been on Mike McCarthy. I haven't had a single caller or texter let me know, thank God McCarthy is gone, now we can finally win some games, or now we can compete. It's been more pushback for Aaron Rodgers and his performance. Have, have you found much of the same? Yes, I mean, same thing here, but, well, here's the thing on that. You know, as, uh, as one of the founding members of the Mike McCarthy fan club, of course. you know, started this season, um, everyone's blaming Mike McCarthy. And I'm like, well, hold on a second, let's back up. Aaron Rodgers, and this, Aaron Rodgers is still, you know, phenomenal quarterback. He's a legend, going to be a Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers this year, though, did not have an Aaron Rodgers here. I, he, he wasn't great this year. Was he good? Sure, still is. And he still can turn it around a little bit. But we had people saying, like, Aaron Rodgers is tanking to fire McCarthy, and then, you know, maybe that collarbone didn't heal right. Aaron Rodgers, to me, deserves a, ma- a lot of blame, not the majority, but a lot of blame this season for what went wrong. Because I think that relationship soured so much. If you read the articles out there about the relationship him and McCarthy and him just not listening, like, that's concerning moving forward. And the other thing that people have been turning on in our show, and I'm actually starting this movement. Sorry if I'm going to ruffle any feathers here. Mark <laughs> Murphy. Mark Murphy, after CEO and president of the Packers, after I saw that press conference with him and uh, Brian Gutekunst, I felt bad for Gutekunst. I thought like he looked like a puppet up there, Mark Murphy's puppet, and Mark Murphy meddling, kind of like Jerry Jones does, you know, with the Cowboys, but Mark Murphy meddling in all these football decisions while he's sliding down a hill at Titletown. I said, <laughs> "Not my president." Hashtag Thaw the Tundra. I'm, I'm, I got my side. That guy well, I love that picture of him coming down the hill. I mean, that just has so much potential for, for social media. I will say that. I think our take on this station has been, let's see what Mark Murphy does. Let's see who he hires, see how this next year go goes, because this is really the first time we've seen him involved in football. So I'm, I'm all about giving him a chance uh, for a year or two here before I jump down his throat and say that he's making dumb decisions. I don't, I don't know if I've seen a whole lot yet, but I think there were a couple takeaways from that press conference that made you at least start to think, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And then to your point, I mean, Murphy, in that press conference, you know, before he's at Colgate, then Northwestern, now with the Packers, and he was joking around like, you know, not to brag, but I've been around football all my life. Yeah. Which is true. And he, has, he hasn't really made, you know, a hire really yet. I mean, McCarthy's been here 13 years. So um, yeah, definitely I'd say his seat is getting a little hot because if you screw up this next coaching hire, I think that board for the Packers is going to be looking at him and scratching their heads wondering, you know, are you next, Murphy? So we'll see. 
Well, and he he hasn't had to do much, you know, to his credit. So let's see actually what he what he shakes out. Uh, Ebo, thanks as always for joining on, and and I know you have the Mike McCarthy fan club. If it starts to and continues to trend the way it is, maybe I'll start up the Mark Murphy fan club just to keep it balanced. <laughs> I will not be joining that, Grant. But you can go for, I will join the Jake Kumaro fan club if you do that, though. All right, we have multiple fan clubs on the way. Ebo, thanks as always, man. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate it, man. I always appreciate the time. Yep, talk soon, Ebo, and thanks again. That's uh, Ebo from the, the Joe and Ebo show at The Zone in Madison. And, I, man, I love that interview. I love talking to Ebo, and I loved all the stuff that was said. But, damn it, Scrady, you just can't keep yourself off the station, Are can you? Are you ready for some football? I just wanted a nice round of applause to welcome Ebo onto the airwaves. It's all I wanted, just a smooth round of applause. And Scrady can't keep his... <laughs> can't keep himself off the airwaves. Uh, we will talk to Scrady and Dave because they are hanging down at Grizzlies. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, I do want to talk a little bit more Packers today, and I want to hear from you as well on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line, 608-796-2558. The Packers situation, football-wise, I'm saying X's and O's, wins and losses, personnel, play calling. It's an interesting situation in these last four games, and, and I think there's some really interesting paradigms and paradoxes that we need to try to figure out. And I want you to help me out, if you will, on the five-star telecom talk and text line as well. All that and more coming up next. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show with me, your host, Grant Bills, here on WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY, both at 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Don't forget you can stream at WKTYsports.com and on our WKTY mobile app as well. If you haven't downloaded that yet, get on it. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? Uh, Maybe you were listening last night streaming or listening on our mobile app to the UWL Viterbo game at Mitchell Fieldhouse. I was there. Drew let me tag along to do color commentary. That's Drew Kelly from WIZM, our uh, A-plus play-by-play man. And uh, the UWL was able to hang on to the Alumni Cup, and we'll talk about that coming up in about 15 minutes here because I do want to touch on some UWL basketball. I think some really fun takeaways from last night. But before we do that, we do have to kind of close the door on the Packers talk for the day and and the rest of the season, throw Mike McCarthy out, throw the hiring out, throw the feel-good moment of McCarthy being able to come back to address his players one last time and, and them giving him a standing ovation. That's fun. That's cool. What I want to focus on now is final four games what are we looking for? What do we want to see? And I think there's some really interesting paradoxes. You'd love to have it one way, but if you have it one way, you can't have this, right? It's like on, well, I shouldn't use this example. It's on Thanksgiving. You Turkey or ham? Now, my family has both. I feel really lucky to have both, so I don't have to choose. But turkey, ham, which one are you going to have? You have turkey, you can't have ham. It's kind of the same thing in these final four weeks. And I'll, I'll share more and probably clarify things here in a minute or two. Don't forget, you can chime in 608-796-2558 on the five-star telecom talk and text line. You can also do so on Twitter as we have uh, have had a couple people do. I retweeted earlier on in the show this video of Jimmy Graham, uh, and it's this video. Josh Cohen tweeted it. Uh, it just really bad effort blocking, just a really bad Jimmy Graham block, right? And we've seen that a couple times this season. We've also heard that Jimmy Graham has improved as a blocker whatever. I'm not really buying it. And the the quote for the video was, this effort is deplorable, to which I quoted it and said, not as deplorable as the Packers lining him up there and expecting anything else. That's dumb. That would be like you putting me in front of a paper uh, with a huge calculus problem and saying, hey, Grant, solve that equation, and then calling me deplorable for not being able to do it. I I just think that's silly. Jeremy and Scotty chimes in and says, I hate Jimmy Graham and see almost nothing wrong or unexpected here. Jeremy, I'm with you, and that is a fantastic take. 
I know what Jimmy Graham's skill set is, and if we're focusing on his blocking ability, we're doing it wrong. And Green Bay is not utilizing him correctly. So that's the takeaway. Don't forget, you can get on the tweet machine as well, at Grant or at WKTY, to share your thoughts. Back to that horrible Thanksgiving analogy. Turkey or ham? If you have one, you can't have the other. These final four games are filled with a couple paradoxes. I want to preface this by saying I always want to see the Packers win. I never, ever am going to cheer for the Packers to lose. And earlier on in the season, uh, a a popular poll or a popular question being posed by a lot of Wisconsin radio sports stations was, if the Packers win out and make the playoffs and it means Mike McCarthy hanging around, do you want to see the Packers win out and make the playoffs? Yes, absolutely. There's only so many games in an NFL season. There's only so many seasons left with Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play, in my opinion, right now, the best quarterback in the National Football League. You don't get that that many cracks at this thing. I'm never going to cheer for my football team to lose, ever. And that was a couple weeks ago, and that stance still hasn't changed. I'm not going to cheer for the Packers to lose. I'm too much of a fan. There's not that many games. And like I said, Aaron Rodgers' career is only so long. I'm not going to cheer for them to lose games. But... Now that they are, and I'm essentially saying they are out of playoff contention, it would take a miracle and then some to get them into the playoff picture through the wild card or through the division. I know some people are going to say, well, now let's focus on the draft stock. Let's lose some games, get the goodest pick as possible, and try to add a difference maker onto this team. I hate that. I hate that. I want to see the Packers win. I want to see them come together and play well over these next couple of weeks and prove that Aaron Rodgers can be a leader and can be that uh, that quarterback that everybody says that he may or may not be anymore, right? There's been a lot of questions asked about Aaron Rodgers, not only his leadership ability, but also his ability to play a quarterback at a high level, which I think has been questioned less. And But now that Mike McCarthy's gone, you do have that, that safety net, that excuse out of the way. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play well. I want to see the Packers come together and answer some of those questions and put some of those concerns to bed. I also want them to get a good draft pick. They need it. They need a, dis- a difference maker, whether it's, uh, a wide receiver to pair up with Devontae Adams, another lineman to help out on the right side of the line, or literally any type of defensive player at all, whether that's a difference-making corner, a safety where they could really use depth, a linebacker where they could use depth, and how the pass rush has been better. Yes, I understand they've had some good games from Kyler Fackrell and, and Clay Matthews. Well, it hasn't amounted into a lot of sacks. He's been okay. I think he's had some decent games this year. The pass rushing statistics as a team have been good. Any individual players really hasn't been the consistency there. They could use a a playmaker all over the place on defense. On the defensive line, get tougher up front. I'm okay with anything. You just need a difference maker. And with a top 10 pick, the Packers could really do that. And that's where they're floating around right now. I want to see the Packers win. I also want to see a good draft pick. Does that make me a bad fan? That I would be willing to say, okay, they lost today. I guess I'm not mad. I'm not going to actively cheer against the green and gold. But if they lose, there's a silver lining. Look at it that way. It's an interesting paradox. You can't have both. Another one, we want Rodgers to look better, but I, to be honest, I don't at the same time. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers, and Bart uh, illustrated this point on Tuesday as well when he joined us from the fan. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers come out on Saturday or on Sunday, excuse me, and throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns because to me, that would reaffirm that Aaron Rodgers wasn't willing to play for Mike McCarthy. And he didn't want to lay it all out on the line to to play for his head coach, who they love each other, as he said earlier on in the press conference yesterday. And they said as much in just about every meeting they had. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers come back and throw smoke all over the field and and be his old self again. Because to me, that reaffirms that concern and and that bad feeling that, wow, Aaron Rodgers, not a good look. Not a good look. And, And 
Many others have said as such around football media, whether it's at the national or at the local level. And I think Bart echoed that sentiment. I wish I would have had time to talk to Ebo about that when he joined the program from the zone just a couple of minutes ago. I don't want Aaron Rodgers to come out and prove to everyone that it was Mike McCarthy because on some level, I think Aaron Rodgers was dogging it. I just don't think he was putting his best effort forward. I want him to look better to prove that he can still do it, but I don't because I'm, I don't want that look on my quarterback. I don't want that look on Aaron Rodgers that he is maybe a lackluster leader and, and didn't want to put it all out there and play for his coach when Mike McCarthy needed it the most. He has a bad look. A lot of choices here in the last four games. If you could have it as a Packers fan, you could have them win. That's great. You could have them come together. It'd be a great look. Or you could hope for a better draft pick. But you can't do both. can't do both. Pick one or the other. Much like with Aaron Rodgers. You could hope for better play to prove everyone that he's still that quarterback and that it just is going to need a fresh set of of coaching minds around him to, to push him forward these last couple of years of his career. You can have that. Or you can have him still struggle and, and, and not look good. And maybe that would prove that it isn't Mike McCarthy, and he's not the quarterback that he used to be. Neither one are ideal. (laughs) Let's just start by saying that. You got to kind of pick your poison here the last couple of weeks with the Green Bay Packers. I heard, uh, I was able to listen into the Bill Michaels show earlier on, and there were some callers that were saying, let's tank. Let's just just sit guys down like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, good players like Corey Lindsley or or, uh, um, Jair Alexander. Let's sit them down. Let's not risk injury. And let's just start to focus on next year. That way we'll stack up a couple of wins as well and maybe work towards a better draft pick. And and I'm not going to lie, Bill uh, Bill wasn't having it. Bill really wasn't, uh, he wasn't having that at all. He said, you sound dumb if you say stuff like that. And, and I believe that to some extent because in the NFL, it's hard to tank. You can't tell guys to go out there and play halfway. NFL careers only average a couple of years on average for average players. And obviously they're outliers. These guys don't have that much time to make their money. And they're risking, you know, debilitating injuries, head injuries, knee injuries, what have you. I mean, Alex Smith broke his leg. How many times have we had in the last couple of years, Teddy Bridgewater or um, Zach Miller, they almost lost their leg just running as part of a non-contact injury. These guys risk a lot by just stepping out on the field. And to tell them to go out there and say, "Eh, hey, Blake, why don't you dog it? Miss a couple of tackles today. Hey, Kenny Clark, just go easy in the trenches. Let yourself get beat up a little bit. We don't want to win. You can't ask guys to do that, and I understand that. That being said, I think if a player got nicked up, like Jair Alexander or Blake Martinez, Kenny Clark, if they just, you know, tweak their ankle a little bit, it's not rushing back out onto the field. I do think there is that angle as well. No need to rush guys back out onto the field. No need to force them to play banged up. If you have an injury to sit a guy down, let's not rush it. Let's not push the cards here. But there is that balance to be found. You got to find that middle ground because saying we're going to straight up tank, you know, all right, let's pull Corey Lindsley, let's pull David Bakhtiar, and let's send out David Spriggs and, and Lucas Patrick and Alex Light. Well, that's just a recipe for disaster. And that's not fair to any of those players who are going out there and smashing heads for 60 minutes. More so than it would be for my boss to come in here and say, hey, Grant, uh, we start doing a crappy job on your shows because uh, we don't have the money to pay you anymore. We, we just can't pay you for a good show. Start, dumb it down. You know, misspeak, play the wrong sound effects, <laughs> as I already did today once. You know, mix up your sound bites, mess up the phone number, ignore the people who are calling in because we don't, we don't have the money to pay you. We want to start focusing on the next guy that we're going to hire. That wouldn't be fair to me because if I know I don't have a future at this company, as a lot of the Packers players don't, you know, contracts running up, maybe they don't have a future, don't have a position with the Green Bay Packers, 
they're looking at their next job and what they put on tape. You know, if, if Randall Cobb goes out and is told to dog it, you know, he's in a contract year, teams are going to look at that. And when they bring him in for a workout or bring him in for an interview or, or consider signing him as a free agent, assumedly next year, because I don't think Randall Cobb is going to be back, they're going to look at this tape. Last four weeks of the season and say, hey, Randall, what the hell is that? What is this route? You know, what is this technique that you're using? You know, I don't want this on my team. You know, explain this to me. It would be just like me putting a dumpy show and knowing that my boss, you know, us here at WKTY, we're going to go separate ways. Say, yeah, Grant, you know, dog it a little bit. You know, tank your ratings, don't answer the phone, misspeak a lot. How That wouldn't be fair to me because now I got to go try to get another job and employers are going to listen to this show. They're going to listen to these air checks, these, these podcasts and say, what the heck is that? What are you talking about? Why are you talking about Washington Wizards basketball? And swearing on air and ignoring your phone calls. That wouldn't make any sense and it wouldn't be fair to me. Just like it's not fair to the Packers players if you ask them to go out there and play football at a subpar level. And for me, I'm not risking injury. I'm not smashing my face on the soundboard play after play after play. And I'm not jumping up into the air and risking, you know, leg-threatening knee injuries on every play. I'm just sitting behind a soundboard with a microphone. And as you've already heard today, that's proven to be too much. As I'm playing bits of Scraty instead of a round of applause for our guest. Just not fair, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I, I would caution you to, to openly ask for the Packers to tank. You know, you could say, well, let's not rush back guys from injury. You know, maybe let's, let's heal back on Aaron Rodgers. Hey, you don't need to rush the ball if, if you don't have to. That makes sense. That's a, you know, but that's specific. Get specific about what you want to see from the Packers. The final four, uh, the final quarter of this season. 608-796-2558. You want to share your thoughts in before the show wraps up. Get them in. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, when we come back, I do want to talk just a little bit of UWL basketball because it was a really fun, really entertaining game last night. And there was an interesting storyline behind it between this intra-city rivalry for the Alumni Cup. This wasn't just your run-of-the-mill UWL Viterbo game, and I'll tell you more as I was able to be at Mitchell Fieldhouse last night and part of the call here on WKTY. So we got to take one last break. We'll come back to wrap up the show. If you have any last-second Packer thoughts, get them in, and we'll try to talk about it before 6 o'clock before we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Coming in like freshman year, we weren't really sure what like the whole rivalry was about, but you know, being here four years and winning every single year, it's pretty cool. Like no matter what what I leave here with, like that's something that I'll always hold on to forever. That's UWL senior Ben Meinholtz, forward from Oconomowoc, who had himself a night last night, not just scoring the basketball, but we'll get to that soon enough, talking about holding on to the Alumni Cup, beating the Viterbo V-Hawks last night. And it was an exciting game. The call was here on WKTY, WIZM's. Drew Kelly and I on the call. Drew let me tag along. Wasn't that nice of him? And uh, and taking some UWL basketball to boot. That audio right there, I can't take credit for that fantastic interview. That was Ryan Giannone from News 8 over at CBS, who was also covering the game last night. He's been a contributor here at the Wisco Sports Show because he is everywhere. Him and that camera get a lot of good stuff. So I, I got to thank him for the audio of uh, Ben Meinholtz, the Eagles senior last night. Like I said, holding on to the Alumni Cup and, and last night's Viterbo UWL game was a little bit different. It had a little bit different feel, and and I got that sense from Coach Dernbach when I got the chance to talk to him a little bit earlier this week, too. For those of you who follow UWL athletics really closely will have noticed that last night was an exhibition game for UWL. And uh, Viterbo, not a big fan of that. Weren't too keen on the fact that UWL made it an exhibition game, but what happened was, originally UWL scheduling Viterbo in non-conference to fill up their non-conference-slated games because those games are so hard to find. Uh, not just in, you know, where do you find non-conference games? 
Division three schools are all around the state, or all around the state, but they're on the WIAC. So who you're going to schedule with? And, and those games are difficult to come by. So Viterbo originally filling that spot, but then they get a chance to play St. Mary's, getting a chance to to play a different opponent uh, that's not Viterbo, obviously, and they took it, changing that to their final non-conference game to fill up that part of their schedule and changing Viterbo to a uh, um, an exhibition game last night. And Viterbo taking that a little personally, I think rightfully so. Uh, although UWL's got to take those games where they can get it, and maybe that's my bias shining through as a current UWL Eagle. Last night's game was really good, and there appeared to be something on the line other than just the Alumni Cup. I, I think there was some salt between these two teams. And what was funny, and I don't know if if this was intentional, I think this would be, these guys would have an IQ of 300 if this was intentional. This would be trolling to the nth degree, and I'm sure Ebo, who joined the show earlier, talked about trolling he would appreciate. I went to look at their stats uh, because I wanted a little bit more than the the brief notes that I took down last night for the last couple minutes of the show today as we talk about this this UWL victory. They didn't even put the stats up on their website last night. All the games are up there, and I don't know if they left those statistics off because it was an exhibition game. It didn't count on their record. Maybe that's why. Maybe they just haven't got them up yet. I mean, it's been almost 24 hours now, so I can't imagine that that's it. But maybe they're just saying, you know what? We care so little about this game and about this team, the V-Hawks. You know, just a couple blocks down the street, we're not even going to put the stats on our website. How do you like that? <laughs> I can't imagine that was it. But I'd like to think that somebody out there is, is trolling to that level. A lot of good takeaways last night. And, of course, you heard Ben Meinholz uh, earlier talking about what the rivalry meant to him and something that he's come to understand and appreciate over his four-year stint here at UWL. And, and Ben Meinholz did have a night. He did a little bit of everything to boot 16 points, six assists, and six rebounds. And I'm a firm believer that not all rebounds and assists are created equal. And I'm sure if you watch basketball uh, in any sort of detail, you would tend to agree. Last night, Ben Meinholz, those six boards, a lot of them were contested, getting up even around bigger guys, showing his leaping ability, showing his good hands to pull down rebounds and flip possessions, right? We've seen rebounds that come off the back of the rim, fly out, and it falls into someone's lap. That's not really a meaningful rebound. Yeah, it shows up on the stat sheet, and and it's good for that player who was able to collect the rebound, but it didn't really mean a whole lot. When you're going up and getting contested rebounds in contested airspace against bigger, stronger players... And I'm not saying Ben Meinholz isn't strong, but he's certainly not the tallest guy out there, especially when you stack him up against centers from other programs. Going up and getting those contested rebounds, that flips possessions. That closes the door for a team like Viterbo to get points and now opens opportunities for your own team. Rebounds are important. They're not all created equal, but they are important. Six assists as well. Some really good outlet passes in transition. Some quarterback-type passes, putting the ball in a small space and really leading to easier buckets for his teammates while playing transition basketball. And, of course, 16 points is nothing to shake your head at at all. Of the starters, I thought Ben Meinholz was uh, was the most impressive, and I don't think that'll come as a surprise. He also threw down a couple of dunks, one in both uh, the first half and the second half. And, and it's interesting. It's, it's funny. Slam dunks, they're fun and they're entertaining, but they mean a little bit. They, they can slow down a run. They can kill momentum for another team, or they can help build a run or start a run or keep momentum for your own team. And, and dunks... Like I said, aren't all created equal. Last night, Ben Meinholz had some nicely timed two-hand slams in transition. And, you know, I, I get a chance to sit down and, and talk to, to Coach Dernbach, the head UWL basketball coach, a little bit every week. Something really funny that I've started to pick up on when I've had a chance to watch practice and, and listen to him talk is he calls them dunk shots. 
Yeah, we got to work on our dunk shots. Dunk shots. And I, I, you know, I don't know why I'm a little embarrassed. I have a lot of audio from interviews with Coach Dernbach. Got to work on those dunk shots. Dunk shots. And Ben Meinholz was showing that a little bit last night. That is the voice uh, of Coach Dernbach. If you haven't been able to hear any of the interviews here on the Wisco Sports Show, Ben Meinholz throwing a couple dunks down that that really. You know, help seal the deal last night. And like I said, I'm not short on uh, Coach Dernbach audio, so I'll just, you know, I'll just keep it going with the dunk shots. That's fun. Yeah, they are fun. Dunk shots are fun. You know, you could almost say they're big exclamation points. In That's the game. really good. They are really good. They're really good shots. I, I have a lot more, and I will spare you uh, more drops of, of Kent Dernbach. Two really good performances last night, neither from starters that I had to circle last night on my sheet and then keep some notes for today. And that was uh, number one, Ethan Anderson. Now, I, I've heard him talk about, and I remember, we talked to Coach Dernbach on this very program a couple of weeks ago about where they feel as a program, where they feel they are, and and some of the players that they have. And he said one of the biggest challenges he has in terms of player recruitment, because obviously he can't can't offer scholarships, is finding scholarship players uh, that maybe aren't scholarship players yet, but will get there. And Ethan Anderson, the freshman guard from Black River Falls, was one of the first names to come up in that subject, in that category. Last night, hit some big shots. Now, he only had 11 points and, and double figures. Uh, once again, nothing to shake your head at, but hitting them at big times. Viterbo trying to put together a little bit of a run in the second half, and Ethan Anderson seemed to always have an answer. And I, I wrote in all caps last night on my notes and circled it, big shots. And just like rebounds and assists aren't created equal, points aren't created equal either. You hit a couple of points, and I know 16 for Ben Meinholz, only 11 in comparison for Ethan Anderson, the freshman from Black River Falls. But... Hitting them at big times and doing a little bit, hitting a couple three-pointers and also being able to play underneath well-timed shots. It's not easy to do. You know, those shots get a little bit more nerve-wracking, a little bit more difficult to hit when crunch time comes. And Ethan Anderson was uh, was no, well, he didn't show any fear taking those shots and, and a little bit of ice in his veins, I guess, to use a, a really awful cliche. One other player that definitely jumped off the the page was Sam Burkhart last night. And, and he added 12 points as well, some gritty, hard-nosed drives earn some points at the free throw line. But what I noticed from, from Sam Burkhardt, and if you've watched any minutes of UWL basketball, you'll know that their defense, especially their perimeter defense, is tough man-to-man defense, and it's predicated with being able to cover the ball handler. And Talvish McRae is typically where that defense starts, the starting uh, point guard for these UWL Eagles. But Sam Burkhardt, in, in you know minutes off the bench, was tremendous. Closing out, getting his hands up, you know, rotating. I said last night, the rotations for this UWL defense are almost automatic. You know, it's almost like they don't need to think. They move with the ball and they know where they're supposed to be. And I know Coach Dernbach talks all the time about how they, you know, only focus on defense. And I shouldn't say only, but their main focus and the way that they win is going to be through the defensive side of the ball. And we saw that last night when the offense went cold. They were one of 12 in the first half from beyond the three-point line. When that offense goes cold, you got to be able to play defense, and I was blown away, especially late in the second half, to close this game out against the Viterbo V-Hawks at their ability to rotate on defense and deny jumpers and deny drives from the V-Hawks all over the court. It, it was something to watch. That's really good. It was really good, Coach, and thank you for chiming in as well. It was it was a really good game to watch, and it was a fun game to be a part of as well. That's fun. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you for that, Coach. And I, and I hope to be talking a little bit more UWL basketball uh, as the week starts up next week as well because we do have a couple of games here on WKTY this upcoming weekend. Boys basketball on Saturday as they take on Buena Vista at home. Drew Kelly once again will be on the call here on WKTY. That game will get underway at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock here on WKTY. Don't forget, you can obviously listen to that on your radio. That's never going away. 96.7 FM and 580 AM. But you can stream it live at WKTYsports.com and also on our mobile app as well. And if you're sitting at home and you want to listen to a game while sitting at home, 
those streaming services might be the best way to do it. So just keep that in mind as we inch closer and closer to more UWL basketball action this upcoming Saturday. Three o'clock tip from Mitchell Fieldhouse as they start to wrap up their non-conference season. Thanks for joining the Wisco Sports Show today. Good show. Thanks to Ebo. Thanks to everybody who chimed in on Twitter as well. One more time, we'll do it tomorrow as we start to look forward to the Falcons game and, and the rest of the Packers season as well. A lot to cover tomorrow before we get into the weekend. Can't wait to talk to you then.